I am getting pretty tired of these continuous heat waves. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it's as bad as last week though, because I didn't want to go anywhere because of how hot it was going to be. It's supposed to hit a hundred today. Yep. Tomorrow is going to be in the hot mid to high nineties. Yeah. And we had about an eight day stretch of ninety plus degree weather that ended on I want to say Monday or Tuesday of this week. Uh. No, that ended on Sunday. Oh, it did? Okay. It ended after Sunday. It's just too much. Yeah, but think of how the people are feeling in Arizona and uh, places like in the Deep South, like Texas and stuff. I mean, we, we actually have it better than they do. Think about it. I would make the counter argument that if I really liked heat, I would already be living in those places. So the fact that I choose to live in Portland, Oregon yeah. is a sign that I kind of enjoy mild weather. Or maybe it's not anymore with, you know, climate change and everything. But it was back when I was coming up. Oh, yeah, the climate change garbage. Anyway. Like, bubs. No, the climate does change, but not the way that they're saying it does. Oh. But um, that's besides the point. Um, I think it's just something that has to... That goes through its cycle and it's done. I, I don't know which is worse. Snowy days... Or like 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 extreme snowy days or um, extreme heat because they're both both of them are pretty bad. I just want a mild place where maybe the lowest it gets is the low forties in the winter, and the highest temperature is one or two ninety degree days in the summer. That's what I want. But it's not you can't have it your way, bubs. I'm telling you what I want, babes. I know, but you're not gonna get what you I want. I think San Francisco is kinda like that, isn't it? I don't know. I've never lived there. I've I've only been to parts of Southern California and Northern California, but I know that in the winter it, I, I hear that it gets cold at night. So I don't know. I've been to San Francisco a handful of times. Yeah. But never more than a couple of days. I've only passed through the airport, so I've actually never been outside of the airport. Um, I think I may have passed through there while I was on my way through, you know, Fresno, Sacramento, and um, Stockton. But I don't think I've I've uh, spent any time there, really. It's a cool city, but very pricey. Yeah, it is. I don't know if it's so cool anymore because of all the, the poop on the streets and... Uh -oh. Thank you, Nancy Pelosi. Um, what did? Oh, we're gonna get to this. No, Nancy, Nancy, lady in a minute. No, Nancy Pelosi hasn't been doing what she's supposed to be doing in her district. By the way, there is something that happened where you agree with Joe Biden. I don't. I don't agree with Joe Biden on anything. But that's not exactly true. Do you want me to explain it? Since we're already talking about your girl, Nancy Pelosi. First of all, tell oh. me about these shitty streets. What's the deal with that? No, there's actually maps pointing to the poop and the needles on the streets. Uh -oh. It used to be um, a clean city, and now because of the homeless problem that Nancy Pelosi isn't taking care of because of her uh, uh, however many dollar mansion she lives in with her $12,000 ice cream. Uh, you love her ice cream talk. I, well, I mean, if she's going to, you know, if she's going to be a Democrat Speaker of the House... I'm going to say... I, I'm so sorry. I just don't... Well, and let's not get it twisted. You might want to plug your ears for this. Bubs. I'm giving you that. I'm going to say something about Nancy Pelosi. Oh. So don't get triggered. 
I I personally think she's a cunt. But oh, what was that for? What was that for? You agree? I never agreed to that. I just said I, I don't I don't think she should be. I just I wouldn't say it that way. I would say that. <laughs> See, I have to keep this man in line. Why? What did I do? Oh, you bad boy. Why? It's just a word. Ah, oh, stop! 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 Oh my goodness. Okay. We're we gonna have a tickle war. No, 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 no. no. All right, give me a second. Why? Because it's either that or a tickle I, that's, war. That's reward for bad behavior. Well, yeah, but I still love you, so that's why I'm willing to kiss you, Ugh. even though you were guilty of bad behavior. Hey, no, that was you. What did I do? Calling up politicians with the horrible, vile names, bubs. Well, I mean, so you don't agree with that statement? Not like that. Okay. All I'll say is, is she should not be in office anymore because she's 82 years old, she's old and dried up, and... Nobody on both sides of the aisle like her. That I would disagree with. I agree with 99% of what you said. But I'm assuming that she has a lot of friends on both sides. So I would only push back on that one last thing that you Okay. Um, are we going to talk about the Taiwan thing? Yeah, let's, let's get into it. A, a rare case where you agree with Joe Biden. I don't agree with Joe Biden, but what I'm going to say is this. Um, Set it up in case people... So uh, Nancy Pelosi voluntarily decided that she was going to speak uh, on behalf of our country in Taiwan, which I thought was a um, was interesting, considering that um, I don't think she's a really... I don't think she's a great speaker, and I... Of all the people, why would she have to do that? I thought she was going to meet with the leader of Taiwan. Well, she's going to meet with the leader of Taiwan, yes. Okay. I don't... I think she might have been speaking there. I don't remember, but... Um, no, I want her to go. And the reason why I want her to go is because I don't feel sorry for the woman. If she wants to... If she wants to do that, she knows what uh, President Xi said if um, America got involved with protecting Taiwan. And honestly, um, I don't feel sorry for the woman. She already did it. And yeah. President Biden uh, came out and said that she shouldn't go. Yeah. So it kind of also makes us look weak in the eyes of the Chinese government that we can't control this person who's of the same political party as our president. Yeah. But she volunteered to go. She, she, I don't feel sorry for the woman. If something happens to her, she put it, and I hate to say that, but if, if, if something does happen to her, it was by her own, um, by her own volition. Correct me if I'm wrong. I thought she was already back in the U.S. I think she's still there. Okay. But while she was there, um, the Chinese are now, um, preparing to take over Taiwan and that's not good. Yeah, she cares. Is that you? No, that's a, that's somebody's, oh, nice uh, okay. I don't know, I think it's like a fan or something I've been nice, hearing nice. since this morning. I don't know. But um, she cares a lot about her own self and not really about other people. She doesn't even care that her husband got arrested for drunk driving. I don't know if she does or doesn't care. Or at least it seems that way that she doesn't care. I don't know. But, but isn't there other things that she needs to take care of? Um, uh, before Taiwan, I mean, because she's she's got stuff going on with herself. Uh, didn't she say that it's pot that people are are guesstimating that she might have early dementia? I've heard speculation about that on lefty media channels. Yeah, whether or not that's true, I can't confirm. But there's definitely some issues there, and 
something I was thinking about recently is you know how there's this constant joke in my life and people, you know, kind of rag on Can me. Can I put but, my head here? Yes. Okay. About how, like, I'm still kind of stuck in the 90s. I don't know if people rag about that. I'm not around these people. Okay. <laughs> Why have we said that? Well, but I, I joke about it too. Like, sometimes I'll, I'll say I'm in 2022, but I really, I live in 1999 or stuff uh-huh, like that. Uh-huh. But our politics are stuck in the 1970s. So, okay. There's the obvious thing of we're still debating Roe v. Wade and climate change. But it's also our president first got into office in the 1970s. Um, I I don't know when Nancy Pelosi first got into office, but I'm assuming yeah, he, it was sometime around. Yeah, because Biden was in office for at least uh, 49 years, right. I think now. So. Still. At least with the Democratic Party, and, and I'm sure to some extent the Republican <laughs> Party too. Like I'm pretty sure Mitch McConnell has been in there since like I don't know. Oh, we're all tired being of a slavery or something. We're we're all tired of Mitchie now. I mean, we've we've been tired of Mitchie for a while. Oh god, I didn't know we were allowed to call him Mitchie, but okay. I called him Mitchie. Mitchie's a girl's. This name. is gonna sound insensitive. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? <laughs> you have, you have so, no filter. Well, you have a filter, but. I am really looking forward to the next five or ten years when the leaders of both parties start to die off of natural causes. Hmm. So we can get some new blood in there that hasn't, you know, that hasn't been in there since before Saturday Night Live started. (laughs) Okay. What do you think about what I just said? Uh, Well, I think eventually uh, Mitch McConnell will die off uh, will die off. I think Nancy Pelosi is definitely on her way out, uh, if not yet. So uh, think about this. Mm-hmm. And this isn't an endorsement of Kamala Harris because I think she's crazy and all that stuff. She's crazy. Or corrupt may be a better word. She's crazy and corrupt. But she was, I believe, nine or ten wow. when Joe Biden first took political office. Wow. Think about that. a little that. bit weird. I... That's crazy. I never think of stuff like that. But, you know. I mean, she should be out too, but I'm I'm saying at how least, long it was for how long it's been since, Yeah. 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 So, I don't know. I I'm I kind of want these old politicians. They're not going to step down. I want them to die of natural causes. Natural causes. Nothing no heart crazy. attacks. No, well, heart attacks, yes, but I mean no no What? That's not a natural cause. Heart attack is a natural cause. Not really, if you're causing your heart attack. Some people are born with health issues. I, yeah. I What I'm trying to say, babes, I don't want any assassinations or anything like that. I just want them to get catch diseases or the, the diseases that, that, that they have to get worse. And then they have to be forced to leave office because of medical Oh, issues. my goodness. Like your girl, uh, Diane Feinstein. Oh, I can't stand that lady. Pretty much everybody is of consensus that she has dementia. Diane Feinstein? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. There's been reports coming out that um, who's the leader of the House? And this Chuck Schumer. Yeah, Chuck have, Schumer is a leader of the um, the Senate. I'm sorry, the Senate. We'll have these long conversations with her about, you know, you're having trouble following things. And then like a day later, she'll have no uh, memory. Recollection of, of the conversation. Exactly. I didn't know that. Wow. And, and that time when um, they were confirming Amy Coney Barrett and she hugged. 
Lindsey Graham and said this was the most fair Supreme Court hearing that she's ever been a part of. Yeah, but and, and but then the the day before or days before that, she was um really hard on Amy Coney Barrett. So was I don't, she? Yes, yeah, she was. She she was. She wasn't very nice to her. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and they did kind of sneak around. But that's a story for another. No, time. they didn't. Yes, you know, you gotta don't get so twiggled and knock the record out of my hand. Uh, hey, 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 I didn't do that, Bubs. You did actually. Did I? Yes. I didn't feel it go over. Oh my goodness! You got you count, Bubs. You feel you, it knock out of your hand. I only hurt you, Bubs. So no. I'm count. sorry, Bubs. I'm sorry. Okay, okay. Um, but I didn't know. I didn't hear about Diane Feinstein not not following anything. But but. They've been talking about this a lot on TYT and to a lesser extent on Secular Talk. But the Nancy, but Nancy Pelosi, Diane Feinstein, um, uh, Gavin Newsom, all of them are are uh, somehow connected to each other because Gavin Newsom, Gavin Newsom is Nancy Pelosi's uh, nephew. I did not know that. And uh, Jerry Brown, who used to be governor of California, is Kate Brown's brother. You so told me that. It's kind of it's kind of interesting that they're all connected. So I. But you, I'm sure you could look at the Republican Party and find those connections. I'm too. not talking about the Republican Party, Bob. I'm talking okay. about the people who should be out. <laughs> I'm not talking about the Republican Party in general, Bob. Oh I'm goodness. talking about the the people in the Democrat Party that, that really need to be gone because they've been there for too long. See, this is how you know, like, I'm an independent, is, like, I'm willing to rag on people on both but, sides. But I do, but I will agree. I will agree that there are people like um, Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham and... Um, uh and ted cruz that need to be gone mm -hmm. uh i cannot believe some of the things that ted cruz has said and he's supposed to be a lawyer or was a lawyer um i i i, I think he needs to be out of there and um uh, there are just so many people that are uh uh that have been in the establishment for years and years and years and they just won't leave ted cruz is a little bit younger though i think he's not he's still an establishment person yeah i, I don't i don't i don't like what he did. I, I don't, I think that, um, that he can say the right things at certain times, but he doesn't always do the right things. And I don't like that. Has he ever done the right things? Um, I, I, I will say that there were times where he's called people out where he, he, um, he should call people out on, but I don't, I don't, I don't agree with like most of what he does. So oh, I, I think that, um, he may be younger, but he needs to be gone. There was a meme going around the internet, babes, when the stuff was first starting to go down with Ukraine. Yeah. And you know how, how horrible I am with misquoting stuff, right? So yeah. don't expect Rick to get this word by word. So uh, like a year before, there was that um, uh, snowstorm in Texas and their power grid almost went down. And Ted Cruz left to go to Costa Rica. And the meme was showing a picture of Zelensky fighting in the streets side by side with a picture of Ted Cruz at the airport, if I remember correctly. And it said something like, uh, Zelensky fights with his, with his soldiers in the street and Ted Cruz leaves when it starts his, his country when things start to get a little bit cold. Oh, wow. It was something like that. Oh, okay. And of, of course, I just, you know, murdered yeah, that, you, yeah, I think way. you pretty much murdered. No, oh my goodness! <laughs> but but anyway, um, yeah, the the Nancy Pelosi Taiwan thing is um is crazy to me. Yes, I personally um, I personally think uh, if something happens to her, it's her own fault. 
I'm pretty sure she's back in the U.S. Maybe she is. I didn't even hear about yeah. it. Listen, I just want her dementia to get worse as he leaves office. <laughs> That's all. No violence. It's how her <laughs> dementia medication stop working. <laughs> and then her, her Prevagen. There, there's a there's a medication that's been um, <laughs> advertised called Prevagen, Prevagen for like yeah. um, early onset Alzheimer's. And um, maybe her prevagen will start will stop working. Exactly. Then <laughs> she has to leave office and all that stuff. Due to unforeseen circumstances, I must resign from being Speaker of the House. I am afraid <laughs> of what this country is going to look like in five to ten years. Like, it's so weird. When I was growing up, there was this hopeful sense that we were in the right direction with some obvious caveats to that. And now it just feels like our country is just going downhill and there's nothing we can do to stop it. I think that there is something we can do to stop it. And I think that people um, depend too much on what the government can do. I think it's up to us to 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 um, vote for people that we want instead of waiting for um, uh, people to do their jobs. Because they're not gonna, the, the, the same people who said that they are going to do their jobs are not doing their jobs. I, and I agree with I uh I think I think of this I think of this completely different than you do. I I think that something is going on but it's not the way that um it's it's not the way that that you're thinking about it. I I don't think that our country is over. Um I do think that we as a people have the power to um to do something about it if we really want to do something about it. We can't just sit on our laurels and wait for somebody else to do their job. I agree with you that we shouldn't just wait to see what the government can do for us. But I would push back a little bit and say they don't have to design laws to benefit the rich and big corporations. But I think it's more than just the rich and big corporations. There's a lot more at stake here. It's not just the rich and big corporations no, but they are a big part of the problem. They're not the only thing, but we got to start somewhere. Um, because right now, I mean, I, we're just talking about Nancy Pelosi. If you were just to look at her stock investments, she's a genius. She knows how to invest in the right companies. Mm -hmm. But do you and I really believe that she's a stock market genius and she's analyzing stocks all day? Or is it this that she has insider information and that's part of the way they bribe people like her? She probably has insider information. Exactly. And a lot and most of these politicians do. But but that's so, why that's what I mean. They need to be out. That's but, that's we have to have we have to but, start hold on just a minute. I've heard you speak. Um I wasn't done. Uh, well, I wasn't done either, but Okay. Um I'll I'll finish my thought and I'll let you go. And then we have to go talk about something else. Yes. Um all I'm saying is we need to take baby steps. I hear what you're saying. And I would also say we also need to change laws to make it harder for the wealthy in this country to bribe politicians through things like insider trading, uh, giving jobs to them when they leave office or providing employment to their family members or big donations to their campaigns or through um, PAC money. We need to get rid of all these things, uh, you know, but that'll never happen in this country. And we're going down here. I don't know, Bubs. I don't know. I think um, I think most Americans are pretty tired of the 
the rich and power, the, the corrupt rich and powerful, I should say, because not everybody who's rich and power is, powerful is corrupt, but the corrupt rich and powerful, I think we're all tired of them, um, uh, them getting their way all the time. But the people don't have the power. I'm just saying, bubs. Okay. Okay. I'm just saying. Okay. Okay. But we had to talk about their stuff because there's a lot of stuff that um, we didn't talk about yesterday. Exactly. Babes. Yeah? We might be watching a documentary tonight called Woodstock 99. Uh-huh. I don't want to get too much into it now in case we do see it tonight. Yeah. But I watched it like a week and a half ago. Yeah. And I thought it was really good. Mm. One of the interesting things that came out of my viewing of this program. Yep. Is... The artist Moby is featured pretty heavily in it. Mm -hmm. And I had always had this image of Moby as this vegan with no sense of humor who takes himself way too seriously. And doesn't, doesn't, um, doesn't make fun of himself at all. Exactly. Yeah. And it's not like he's like cracking jokes through the documentary yeah. or anything like that. But he seemed a little bit more human. Uh-huh. So I went down a Moby rabbit hole. Found out that he wrote two memoirs. Read them both uh, mm -hmm. last weekend. Mm -hmm. They were really good. Who knows how much of it is him working with the ghostwriter versus reality. Mm. But there is some stuff there to think about. Mm. He was talking about, you know, working on all these albums before he became really famous and how in the early 90s, there was a period of time where people thought he was going to blow up. And then he made kind of like this punk rock album in 95. Mm -hmm. And people just kind of like lost interest in him. Hmm. Around this time, his mom got diagnosed with cancer. Oh, She ended up dying in, I want to say, 1997. Oh, wow. So he makes that album play, mm -hmm. which was supposed to be his last recording. Right. But it comes out. Yeah. It sells like 12 million albums and wow. makes him into a huge star. I, 12 million albums he got sold from that? From that one album, I believe. Yeah. Wow. One of the reasons I had a problem with Moby, not a problem, but I didn't really vibe with it, his stuff. Yeah. Was the Eminem beef. Okay. So I had always thought that Moby just decided to bash Eminem because he was a hater. Yeah. And because he he took himself too seriously. But he explained it more in, de in detail in his book where he's like, you know, I came from a very progressive background. And when I saw Eminem bashing gays and women, I thought that was a little bit insensitive. And he says in the books, I don't think that Eminem was the worst offender. Mm -hmm. And... I think that he has a lot of talent and that he shouldn't be censored, but I was just like giving an opinion yeah. on some stuff. So he was, it wasn't like he didn't. It hate wasn't everything. like, yeah, he didn't hate Eminem. Yeah. And that was the impression I had always gotten. Yeah. And he even said in his book that he kind of felt that if him and Eminem ever got to talk just as human beings away from everybody, yeah. that they might actually end up as friends because they had kind of a similar childhood. Right. So 2002 comes around, mm -hmm. and there's the 2002, obviously, I've repeated myself, Yes. Uh, Video Music Awards. <laughs> yeah. So you know that thing Robert Smigel does, the Triumph the Comic Insult Dog? 
have no idea where that is. Okay, so basically Robert Smigel, who used to be a writer on Conan O'Brien uh-huh. and uh, Saturday Night Live, puts this dog puppet on his hand okay and goes around and harasses celebrities it's not oh. really that funny okay it's a little bit too mainstream for me okay but a lot of people like that stuff okay so apparently mtv reached out to moby and said we'd like it if he sat sat behind eminem Uh-oh. and we're gonna have robert smigel do that character and kind of make fun of both of you mm-hmm. moby was cool with it i don't think the message got passed to eminem's people he didn't get the memo yeah so Moby sits down, he's behind Eminem, and at this point, Moby's still kind of thinking this is like a media feud. Like, Mm -hmm. Eminem doesn't really hate him, Mm -hmm. even though that song Without Me had just come out. Yeah. And Eminem turns around and says, you die tonight. Wow. Gives Moby a drawing that he had done of Moby, I guess, covered in blood. Oh, wow. And Moby even said the drawing was actually really well done. <laughs> even though it was him? Yeah. <coughs> oh, wow. So, Robert Smigel does the Triumph the Comic Insult Dog piece. Mm-hmm. And I did not watch the 2002 Video Music Awards. I, I, no, that's not true. I watched the portion where Eminem performed White America. Uh-huh. But that was about it. Okay. And Moby's having fun with it, comes mm-hmm. to Eminem. Eminem uh-huh. punches the puppet. Oh, Wow. Goes on stage to accept some award mm-hmm. and says that Moby was just trying to hit on him. Okay. Yeah. He punches a puppet that um the one guy was holding. That Robert Smigel was holding. Oh, wow. Then when some award goes up on stage and says that Moby was hitting on him. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And that was their entire interaction, apparently. And he never he never interacted with Eminem again. That's what it sounded like to me. Wow. How do you feel about this? Uh unnecessary of Eminem to do that. Yeah. I think if he would have read his entire opinion, he would have gotten the gist of it. Or if 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 he knew what his entire opinion was, he would have gotten the gist of it. And again, I did think it was kind of fun when Eminem was dissing Moby in Without Me. I didn't like his use of, you know, the gay slurs and everything. But I, I thought the overall point was, you know, you're too old, nobody listens to techno. That was kind of fun. But apparently a lot of people listen to techno. Yeah, I don't like techno much. It's not my my Um, thing. I like a lot of the music, but my problem is it seems like the songs go on way too long. Yeah, they do. I don't don't like um, house. You've heard of house music, right? Of course. It sounds too much like, like what you would hear at a club. With a bunch of people are dancing to techno. I just, I don't like it. Well, house and techno are kind of like incestuous brothers and sisters, right? They, they come from the same branch and they are club music. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it. I don't know. It's funny that you mentioned this because the times that I've really gotten into house and techno have been when I've been at a club. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, that's just not my thing. And I know, like, I remember when I was a kid and I would, listen to um my uh local radio station and they would have like the um they would call it the party mix mm-hmm. and it was like um techno like long versions of songs and then they would mix it up and change uh, a transition to a different song and i hated that because i didn't play the whole song i know and it was so you know it was like it was basically club music and i didn't like it and i think it's because i i grew up listening to so much of that I don't know if I've even told you this, babes. 
I got into like techno music a little bit near the start of the pandemic, but here's why. Okay. This was maybe May of 2020. What had happened was I wasn't walking around as much. Uh-huh. And you remember how I was getting into static dancing right before the pandemic started? Yes. So I just wasn't getting enough exercise. And as a result, uh-huh. I my insomnia was starting to act up again. Yeah. And I wanted a release, an excuse to exercise, but in a fun way. Uh-huh. But I couldn't really listen to rap music because there's so much history there. So I would focus too much on the lyrics. Oh, okay. Or think to myself, oh, this isn't what it used to be. Yeah, yeah. So I would put on house and techno music to exercise to because Uh, I didn't have that much of a connection to these artists. Okay. And that made it... I don't know why I stopped because I actually did feel like I was getting good workouts doing that. Oh, well, that doesn't mean you have to. I'm just trying to do it. Well, and that's the other thing. I liked it because I wasn't that connected to the music. So I might go back to doing that at some point. Okay. There's some other interesting stuff. Well, first of all, I'm talking about Moby. What was your impression of him when he was super famous? I don't know much about this guy. I I mean, when you told me that that he had um, artists on his songs, I wasn't even sure who he was. Mm. So I can't really comment on Moby because I, I am not sure. I, I I suppose I could listen to some of his music now, but I just don't know much about his music to be honest. Interesting. I can't comment. I'm surprised because he was pretty big for a minute. Yes, he was. Yes. Yeah, he was saying some uh, stuff about his childhood too. Mm-hmm. When he was three years old, mm-hmm. his mom takes him to this hippie daycare center okay and one of the guys working there made moby blow him what yeah when he was three when he was three that's disgusting that's disgusting why would okay and and what happened i turned out it was paul pelosi no no no, that's a joke that now that is a joke okay that is parody that was not to but be taken he said seriously. that but he said that that happened to him when he was three yeah and that we let's make clear I do not. I, I I don't think that Paul Pelosi's into that. That was meant to be humorous. Okay. Okay. Anyways, but that that had to be really traumatic. Well, so th- this comes to something interesting. In his book, he says that yeah, it was traumatic going down on the sky when I was three, but that's like a form of what he called episodic trauma, meaning that. It happened once and then it was over versus the trauma of his childhood where his mom, even though she was loving, she was very crazy and not very protective of him. So there's obviously that, but then there's other stories about his mom dating these crazy truckers who would try to beat her up in front of him and all this drug use. And he says that in a lot of ways that was more traumatic because that type of stuff would go on all the time. I don't know. The whole thing in general is traumatic. Yeah. I can't even imagine anyone doing that to a three-year-old. That's just disgusting. Yeah. It's really disgusting. Exactly. I hope that um, I hope that uh, guy got jail time. No, he didn't, they didn't say anything didn't... until the book came out. Oh. That's the impression I got. Okay. Yeah. That's, uh, that's just disgusting. It is disgusting. And did this happen in the... I don't know how old uh, Moby is. Did this happen in the 70s? I want to say late 60s. Late 60s. Like 68. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's crazy. So he's got to be in his late 50s then. 
Um, I'm guessing 57. Okay, so he's getting close to 60. Yeah. That, I, I can't even, I mean, that's really disturbing to me. That his mom couldn't even protect him from that. Right. Because of how crazy she was. His books are both really, really good, though. There's something else I want. Oh, yo, here's the other thing. We always have this debate on famous people talking about how hard it is to be a celebrity. Uh-huh. You're not going to like this. But Moby said when he had his first hit album, yeah. he would be one of those people who would talk about how it's just the music that's so important to me. I only do this for the music. But meanwhile... He said that he was really addicted to fame for a bunch of years. I That doesn't surprise me. Oh, it doesn't? Okay. Why would it surprise me? I just thought that you were one of those people who believe celebrities when they said that they didn't want to be famous. Well, I mean, some I do, some I don't. Okay. Some I do when they really, it seems to me like they really have a hard time with it. Like they can't get out of their um, house or apartment. Mm. But there are other people like Jennifer Lopez, for example who's probably addicted to all that attention. And that's just my, that's just my own opinion. Um, uh, don't be emailing us and (laughs) getting mad because you're a Jennifer Lopez fan. It's just my opinion. Um, uh, and I'm not really a big fan of hers anyway. I just like her fragrances. Nice. Um, and some of her music, but that's about it. Um, but, um, there are people that seem to have everything and they act as if they're real, but their persona is so different to me that it's like, no way. They love this attention. How could they possibly not love it because they have everything? So I go back and forth with it, to be honest. That's fair. Yeah. I like that he said that, though. Yeah. And he talked. So his birthday is on 9-11. Oh, wow. I guess that means he's going to be turning 57 this year. Uh-huh. But he was talking about 2001. He, you know, at that point, he's still... People are still waiting for the follow-up to play. So yeah. he's pretty famous at that mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. And he said the night before, he was partying with Ben Stiller, and I forgot the other celebrity. Wow, really? Yeah, but he was talking about how he was this party with all these celebrities and all this crazy stuff. So I thought that was cool. Wow. I like that. Okay. I read another book mm-hmm. called Suck and Blow. Huh? Yep. That's what it's called? From John Popper. Oh, okay. Oh, because of his musical um his musical life. That's part of the title, but then it had like a, you know, a sub thing, but those, you know, Suck and Blow and then whatever the rest of it is called. I don't remember the full title. I really enjoyed this book. Not I th- I think Moby's memoirs were better, mm-hmm. but I j- did like John Popper talking about how Blues Traveler was founded and his relationship with the Spin Doctors, mm-hmm. which I didn't really know that much about. Um, the stuff with the Black Crows and their feud. Mm. I thought it was pretty honest. He talked about politics. He's more right-wing than I am, but he didn't seem like a full-on wacko. Oh, is that me? I'm a wacko then? And he also talked about... Oh, like, don't change the subject. What subject? Are you saying I'm a wacko then? I'm saying that I woke. My you. Are you saying basically that he was an independent? He would consider himself to be more of a centrist, I think. Kind of in the middle. Yeah. 
Oh, that's right. He told me, he, I think he said that he was more of a libertarian, which I'm not, I don't even understand libertarianism, to be honest. There are some things about libertarianism I think are pretty on the mark and other things that I think are kind of insane. Okay. But that's a story for another time. Okay. And, and within that libertarian framework, there's, there's libertarians who think that some libertarian stuff is insane too. So it's not, it's not a one size fits all like everything in life. You know. Right. It's oh, never a one size fits all. By the way, which reminds me, at some point we got to get to Andrew Yang. Oh, do we and have how he's to? Messing up. Do we have to? I guess we don't have to. No, I just don't think. All I'm going to say about that right now, really quick before I move on, is that uh, I don't think it's a good idea for him to start another party. Especially since he's trying to fill it with members of the George W. Bush administration. Yeah, it's not going like, to work. Really, you're going to rage against the establishment with, with the, the establishment. establishment people you can find? Yeah, I, I don't know much about this guy, but um, yeah, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> I and don't I, think it's going to work. I believe he <coughs> took out all talk of universal basic income from his party platform, which was like his big selling point when he first was getting popular. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't think he's going to... Um, uh, I, I, I don't think he's going to succeed in that endeavor, to mm -hmm. the truth. No. Anyway, but anyways, back to John Popple. John Popple. I liked how he was talking about the challenges in the record industry and his appearances on David Letterman's show and sitting in with a band. And he also talked about Howard Stern, a fair amount in the book, which, you know, I'm always down to read about. Um... So is this a fun book if you want something that's kind of cool to read? He reminded me of some people like I could have gone to school with. Oh, really? At like MLC. Oh, okay. I just got like the, the vibe that he was probably a cool guy. But it got me listening to, um, what's that song that they did? Doesn't matter what you say. I think it's called Hook. Uh, I'm not sure. I was that that was the group I wanted to listen to yesterday was Blues Traveler, but I, I um I totally forgot about that. We can listen to some of them today. That's what I was thinking. Okay. Because I, I was thinking, what was that group I wanted to listen to yesterday and we ended up listening to the classics for? We but, absolutely could have listened to Blues Traveler, but in any event. Tonight then. Yeah. <laughs> I went back and I listened to that song Hook because it's really good. I, I, I do like their music. It's not my favorite stuff. I'm not going to lie and say that I've been, like, I have every album or anything like that. But I enjoy I'm a casual listener. Yeah, I, I, I like them, too. I, I like their sound. Um, it kind of reminds me a little bit about, of uh, a little bit like bluegrass and... Yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyways, I listened to that song Hook again. Mm -hmm. And I've obviously heard it before, but probably not in several years. Mm-hmm. The third verse, he's kind of like rapping in the third verse. Huh. It's, and it's kind of, it's dorky, but in a kind of cool way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's not doing it and pretending to be something he's not, but it's 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 fun the way he's he not it. trying to sound too urban or... Yeah. Um, he doesn't have Ice Cube doing background vocals <laughs> or anything. But he's kind of rapping in the... Okay. But it's also not one of those things to where it's so, so dorky that it's like too camp. Yeah. And can't. It's not like, you I, know, those movies where they have the grandmother rapping. It's not it's not that I you know. I can't stand it when you've got a genre like country, right? Yeah. And I I hate when this happens where they try to mix it with rap and it's like 
these these guys, these new country guys, or maybe they're not so new, they're singing their song and then they're like doing some rhymes and I'm like, couldn't you just like rhyme in your lyrics but you don't have to rap them? I don't I don't understand why you have to do that. It just sounds so dorky. It really does. To be honest, I haven't heard a lot of country rap. I've heard of it. I don't like it. <laughs> but the only thing that I can think of right now is that song that uh, uh, was it um, Tim McGraw did with Nelly, which wasn't that good. Um, I didn't. I didn't mind that one. I mean, that was that wasn't too bad. I mean, Tim McGraw was just singing in the background. It was. I'm not really a Nelly fan either. Yeah, I, I like some of his stuff, but I'm not a big one either. I do enjoy that song. It's getting hot and her and her. Yeah. Um. I like Tim McGraw a little bit more than Nelly. Um, but what I mean by country rap is when the country singer, <coughs> excuse me, and usually and, I, and usually it's a guy doing it, mm -hmm. um, a country singer who's supposed to be a country singer raps in the verses of his songs. Mm. I, I don't like that. Yeah. I think it's annoying. Yeah. And I've heard of Little Nas X, but honestly, I haven't listened to any of his Lil music. Lil Nas X? Yeah. What is that? Who is that? He is a rapper who had a song last year. Hmm. And again, I don't really listen to new rap stuff because it's like auto-tunes oh, yeah. out. And I, I was know. also kind of tur turned off because w when I was coming up, mm -hmm. rappers had more of their own style. Yeah. And to me, the name Lil, Lil Nas X kind of sounds like you're biting off of Nas, who's one I of know. my favorite rappers. I know, I know, exactly. I've, I've heard the name, but I'm not familiar with what he does. Why would I listen to Lil Nas when I can listen to, to Nas. Big Nas? To Big Nas. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> um, you know, I'll, I'll just put on Steelmatic instead. But. Yeah, I, I, I don't like crunchy rap. I think you could mix any type of genre together I don't know that it's been well done with country and rap music. Uh, rap and rock it has. Yeah, I feel like to this day I'm like a Limp Bizkit apologist because I still enjoy a good Limp Bizkit song now and then. I never liked Limp Bizkit. I just, it just wasn't my thing. One of my friends um, said that she, I don't know if she feels the same way now, but mm. uh, just because we're not so close anymore, but... Um, and we'll get to that, uh, we'll get to, we'll get to her in a little bit, oh. um, where she, um, was saying that she liked the Limp Biscuit version of Faith and I never liked it. No, I can't go there. I don't like it. No. I thought you said you liked it. I like Limp Biscuit. I like some of their music, but I can't go with the Faith thing. Okay, It feels like you. it's trying a little bit too much yeah, cause to it's seem like, hardcore. Cause it's like, cause I gotta have Faith. I'm like, no, 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 no. George Michael would not like that. Uh-uh. I will say this. The first time I heard that song in 97 or 98, I thought it was good, but I was only 14 at the time. I don't think it ages well. No, I think um, George Michael's version, of course, is, isn't just the original, but it's a classic. And I like it. When I like I, his style. When I think of Limp Bizkit songs that I really get down to, um, in my mind, I go to Break Stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's that song they did with uh, uh, Method Man? Uh, I forgot. Come a little closer, get a little louder. Uh, I don't know. I don't. All I in together now. All in okay. together. That's a good song. I like the song. My way is really good. 
they did another song with Method Man, mm-hmm. but it also had DMX and Red Man on the track. Oh, wow. And I think Premiere may have produced that. Okay. I, I didn't listen to a lot of Limp Bizkit, and that's why I, I don't like them that much. And I also kind of dig that song they did with Exhibit. Although Exhibit's lyrics were not the best in that song. Oh, okay. But it is kind of fun. Okay. Yes. So now you know some of the... Oh, oh, oh. You know what else I like, too? Was their cover of Behind Blue Eyes. Who did the original? The Who. Oh, okay. I didn't hear... See, uh, the, uh, you know more about Limp Bizkit than I do, because I didn't listen to Limp Bizkit much. Yeah. So I guess... I, just, I, I didn't like Fred Durst's voice. I, I just... It wasn't my thing. I guess you could say I don't like all of their music, but there are a couple songs that I really vibe with. Hmm. And Fred Durst is also kind of a douchebag in interviews. At least hmm. that's how he comes across. Yes. Um, douchebag Durst. Yes, douchebag Durst. Yes, yes, yes. Like that Christina Aguilera thing. Oh, I, I heard about <laughs> that one. Well, Eminem made fun of that one, too. They don't hate you. They just think you're corny now that Christina played you. That was a line he did in that song, Girls, on the D12 album. Why do you I, act that way? I didn't hear that one. That song was basically a diss of um, Fred Durst and DJ Lethal. Oh. I turn on my TV. What do I see? All right, look, right, right, all right, right, right. Let's move on here. <laughs> Alana hates it when I quote Well, because in the, and then you never stop it. Oh, so. my goodness. <laughs> you want me just to do the song so I can get it out of the way? No. Okay. There's other stuff I want to talk about, like yesterday. We're going to get to yesterday soon. Mm-hmm. Yesterday. But before then, mm-hmm. the Fred Durst is featured in the Woodstock documentary, but just footage, not him actually being interviewed by the documentarians. Mm-hmm. And the other person who's featured whose music I do kind of like, even though his politics are awful, in my opinion, mm-hmm. but not yours, is Kid Rock. Oh, I, I, you know, I don't know much about Kid Rock. I know that he was thinking about running for president, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know much about, I, I, I've been hearing about his politics, but he, I don't know much about it. He's a big Trump supporter. Okay. Um, well, I knew that, but I didn't know about anything else. I, I, I can't go with his politics, but, and I only really like that. One album he did, uh, Rebel with Cowboy. Yeah, Rebel Without a Cause. That album's really good. That is a solid album. Rebel, Rebel, Rebel Without a Cause is the same title as a movie, right? Exactly. Ah, I want to be a cowboy, baby. But it had a lot of other good songs on it, too. That one is actually a cool song. That's a great song. And Gary Coleman's in the video. Is he really? Yep. Uh, What is he he doing there? I think he's fighting with the cowboy. Oh, wow. If I remember right. It's been so many years. I think I only saw that video in 1999. I went over to an ex-girlfriend's house, and she was really into TRL. Oh. Total Request Live. Uh Uh-huh. Which was, you know, one of those dumb shows for... I I enjoyed TRL, but that's just me. That's just you. That's just me. Apparently... yeah. You cannot date Rick unless you were a fan of TRL in the late 90s. But Yeah, but you were with somebody else. I know, but that's what I'm saying. I can only date women who used to like TRL. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm never getting away from this show. <laughs> but the video for Cowboy came on. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think we watched it all the way through because you know how TRL used to do it. 
Yeah. Hi, I'm so-and-so from Fort Worth, Pennsylvania, and I really like this song. There is no Fort Worth, Pennsylvania. Oh, there isn't? There's a Fort Worth, Texas. Okay, that's what it must be. <laughs> you know, I, I always hated how they would interrupt the songs, but they, I, they played oh, yeah. the video with yeah. Gary Coleman in it for a portion of it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Intuition. I do like when genres mix, babes, if it's done well. Yeah. And we should say, last weekend, mm-hmm. I went to see The Roots. Uh-huh. Who are known now for being the house band on The Tonight Show, hosted by Jimmy Fallon. Yes. I don't watch that show. I don't anymore, no. I just don't care about late night TV. Mm-hmm. And me neither. I've seen Jimmy Fallon in interviews. Yeah. Honestly, it seems like he's one of these people who tries too hard to be liked, and that always kind of rubs me the I, wrong. I don't way. know. I thought he was. I thought he was funny though. I thought there were some things that he did that were funny on SNL. Um, I thought that some of his segments on his show were funny, but um, that's as that's as far as I go with him. I don't. I don't like him as much as Adam Sandler. He seems like he's a little bit too, like there's no real personality there, to me. Okay. Uh, I, 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 I'm a big, I'm a bigger fan of Adam Sandler than him. I could go with that. Yeah, because I think Adam Sandler is a uh, very talented. And you get a sense, even though Adam Sandler's a celebrity. Yeah. I get a feeling that there's a real person there. Yeah. I'm not sure about that with Jimmy Fallon. Like, and, he seems all about image to me. And I like that Adam Sandler is not afraid to do, like, dramatic movies. Because he's he's been in a lot of funny movies where he was a dorky character. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't afraid to go dramatic and to, um, you know, go deep inside himself and, and get that dramatic and, you know, stuff out. Because he's done some pretty dramatic stuff from what I understand. Nice. But I'm a fan of The Roots, mainly their early work. Mm-hmm. I liked, uh, what was it, All Things Fall Apart, Phonology, The Roots Come Alive. I thought those were good albums. And I go and see them mm-hmm. at Pioneer Square last Saturday when it's supposed to be like 102 degrees. First, I'm kind of sad that my little J-Lo isn't going to be there with me. But you already know why. I I already know why. My tune kind of changed, and we're going to get to that. Yeah. Planned it out just right. Was afraid I would show up late. But I made it there, got inside the venue, checked my phone, and it's 545. The roots are supposed to go on at 6. So I'm thinking, great. Found the seats. Awesome. Don't know what the dancing situation is like, but I only have about 20 minutes to leave. Mm -hmm. Oh, was I wrong? Oh, well, you are. It's hot, it's hot, it's hot. (laughs) Six comes along, and I'm like, okay, this is kind of weird. More and more people come into the venue. Okay, there's uh, either a DJ or uh, they put on a playlist of some rap music. And I'm enjoying the playlist, but I didn't come here for a playlist. Right. Time goes by, it's now 6.30. I'm thinking, okay, they're building anticipation. More and more people start to get there. Seven comes along. Then we get to 7.30. And I'm thinking to myself, what point do I consider leaving? Yeah. Because they're not coming here. And it is super hot. Yeah. This place is packed, so it feels even warmer. Yeah. 
gets to eight. A little bit after eight. Yeah. And I'm really glad you didn't come with me because I know you would not put up with this. No, I wouldn't be like, okay, I'm, I think we should go. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I wouldn't be very happy with you. Like, I cannot believe you let me stay here for almost two hours and they're not even here yet. <laughs> I stand up. And there's an area where people are kind of gathering, go over the, oh, so, so I almost forgot this. Mm -hmm. Around 630, something must have happened on stage mm. because people start applauding. And so I just naturally start applauding, thinking that yeah. they're about to come out and play. Yeah. But that didn't happen. Okay. Okay. So past eight, I'm standing up and I'm considering, should I leave? Finally, the roots come out and they do their show. Yep. It was really good. Really good. And I don't know if you could blame the Roots necessarily for showing up that late because I've noticed a lot of times with Pioneer Square, mm. unless it's like a local radio station doing a show, their performances will often start really, really late. Right. Right. So that's not good. It may not be their fault. Mm -hmm. And they didn't address it. They just came out and started playing their music. Mm-hmm. And they really didn't interact with the crowd that much. Yeah. But it was still great to hear them do, you know, their music. Right. They did a lot of songs that I didn't think they were going to do. They did that song, uh, Hip Hop, You're the Love of My Life, even though Common wasn't there. And that was the song um, that they that was uh, playing on the Brown Sugar soundtrack. At the said. very opening credits, yeah. They did uh, that song from Phonology with Cody Chestnut, even though he wasn't there. Mm. Um. It was great. It was a lot of fun. I wish it would have started on time, but I'm very glad I went. Very good. Yes. And I'm sorry I didn't, but I wouldn't have put up waiting for two hours. Yeah, I, in that sense, I'm very glad that you didn't go with me. No, I would have been very upset with <laughs> with you. Like, <laughs> why are you... <clears throat> and I almost came home and called you and said that I didn't see the roof. So, and now I get to say I did. Yes, now you get to say you did. <laughs> Good stuff there, little J. Whoa. Really good. Bye-bye. J. Whoa. Babes. Yes? I understand that you have been reading 1122-63. Yeah, it's getting interesting. Um, I'm not sure exactly. Uh, I, I'm still on the second part of it. But it's uh, getting interesting, too, because um, where I am right now, um, Jacob Bing meets these two teenagers named um, uh, Richie and Beverly. And they're trying to perfect a dance called the Lindy Hop, which is really big in the 50s, from what I understand. And because back in 2011 he remembers that him and his ex-wife christy when they were still dating would uh they they met during uh swing dan dancing which that would be really fun to do yeah by the way i think the lindy hop actually came to prominence in like the 20s or 30s okay and the kids were doing it for their talent show okay okay i'm sorry no that's right excuse me it's okay go ahead it was an old dance step yeah but um he knew a thing or two about swing dancing and he also knew a thing or two about the Lindy Hop. And so he was showing these kids how to Lindy Hop. And um, before that was happening, they were talking about um, Harry Dunning, who is a character that we meet in the beginning of the book and what happens to him and his siblings 
and his mother. Um, and of course, this is happening in 1958 in Derry, Maine. Some of the people are rude to him, but there are very few people that are actually willing to talk to him and find out what he's about. And um, he's disguised as George Amberson. And you're enjoying it, it sounds like. I am. Very good. It's it's interesting. Um, it's with uh, fact and fiction in one story. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, it's fictional, but there's it's, it's fictional, but it's it's based loosely on on certain things about yeah, uh, certain things about events. Is based on a true story minus the time travel, right? Yes, and minus the um, other si uh, side stories. <laughs> it's getting good. Very good, babe. But it's not making Dairy Maine look very good. No. No. J Lo. Yes. We went on a hike yesterday. Oh, we did. Yes, we did. And actually, it was a very good hike. Do you want to say anything more? Yes. Um. So we went to this park. I, I don't know if it was in Vancouver or not, or Portland. I'm not sure. But um, there were, um, we had a pretty uh, good turnout. Um, I arrived at the location with one of the, people that was that were hiking with us and um it was the three of us who got there first correct i think so yeah yeah it was it was it was only the three of us who were coming from portland and then minus the driver minus the, the the drivers and then there were uh two other people in the van that came from vancouver but i think there were um other people that came to the area that were um uh, that were commuting and um, it was a good hike there was some rocky areas and steep inclines and um, the hardest part was those bigger rocks and the roots um, that was hard but we we got through it um, there was some like interesting conversations behind us um, uh, we did meet some people there and that was good um but I had a good time. And I told you, mm -hmm. now you can say you've experienced the roots. <laughs> Not those roots. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder what it would be like to go tandem biking, uh, bike riding in that area. That might be kind of fun. That might be kind of fun. Yeah. I want to do another tandem bike ride soon. So. I want to go. I don't know if I want to go on the next one. But I want uh, the next hike, but I do want to go on a bike ride. There we go, babes. Because then that would make, that would mean that we went on two bike rides and two hikes of summer. Well, good. Well, the, the, um, the bike ride would be in the fall, but yes. still. Um, but that was a good workout. Um, uh, good conversations. Um, our guide was really cool. We came back here. I had thought about maybe pulling out the recorder, but Alana was kind of tired. Yeah. And she did not fall asleep, but I did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't fall asleep at all. Oh. Um, so then I get up, I think it's like closer to four, uh, order some food. Panda Express, y'all. Y'all. Good stuff. Um, I still got leftovers. And... Um, and then we uh, went ahead and marinated our chicken, which is still marinating right now as I speak. 
in the fridge. We saw a video from Joshua Weissman about how to do chicken tiki masala on the cheap. Mm -hmm. There was a little bit of concern on my part when Alana pulled out this bag and it said seafood and meat on it. Well, and then I open it and I I touch the um the outside of the plastic because I'm thinking, oh no, if this is fish, I'm really gonna be very upset. But it wasn't, it was chicken. Well, at first we thought it was seafood. Yeah. And I said, why don't you go on the app, check your receipt and see what you got. And it did say, um it did say uh ground beef and it did say um chicken thighs. Because you had bought beef separately from what we're doing. Yes. I bought beef separately for what um, we're going to do tomorrow. You purchase the stuff on Instacart and they can be a little bit hit and miss. Ask um, in all of these services. Yeah, for the most part, they're really good. Mm. I don't really have a problem with that. Nice. Um, I've, I've, I haven't had major problems like they didn't give me anything in my order or oh. they they told me that they were there and they weren't. Okay. You know what happened? <laughs> anyway, um, so I was very happy that I did get the chicken and it is now marinating um, on the bottom of the fridge. And we are going to cook that up with the, um, I bought um, some canned tomatoes mm -hmm. and a yellow onion for the veggies. And then we're going to put that over rice after that we cook all the chicken and the veggies and all that. Yes. Yes. It's good stuff, babes. It is good. And then tomorrow, I'm going to make some sloppy joes with your help. Yes. I have an errand to run in the afternoon. I'm going to go do this comedy improv uh, thing. But It's I'm not an that. errand. It's an audition, right? No, I passed the audition. Oh, you did? And I didn't think I did because the email congratulating me went to my spam folder Oop. in Gmail. Uh-oh. So, but... It looks like it's going to work out the little J-Wall. So you, this is actually one of your first performances? No, it's we're uh, going through the script. So oh, 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 I rehearsal see. Rehearsal stuff. Awesome. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, that's. I always try to make a point to look at my spam too because sometimes when I don't get messages, they end up in spam. I didn't look at my spam. Here's what happened. Mm. Because I thought I failed the audition, mm -hmm. I didn't go to the first you know official get-together. And the next day... The um, lady who's coordinating it just put me on the email chain and I wrote her back and I said, hey, I'm a little bit confused about this. She said, uh, check your spam because uh, I sent you that email confirmation. And I was like, oh, Gmail, you have screwed me over again, Google. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, they said, you know that Google took out the don't be evil thing? What is that? When they started the company, their motto was don't be evil. And they no longer have that. Oh, really? Uh, yes. Well, uh. I mean, I know that's just like a play on words, but still, it is kind of like, come on, guys. Okay. You're I gonna, don't I don't remember the don't be evil thing. You're going to take out don't be evil from your company. <laughs> okay. That says something. Mm, there's some evil people at Google, bubs. There's evil people at every company that's big enough there. Jay, whoa. I know. Yes, even at News Maxi. Well, I'm talking about that, Bob. Okay, or as I call them, News Maxi Pad. <laughs> HBO Maxi Pad. Oh my God! You, but you like HBO Max. Yeah, I do. Yeah. So HBO Maxi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some girls are named Maxi, short for Maxine. Oh, good. Maxi. Well, we went on HBO Max last night. Yes. Alana had never seen the toy. No, I haven't. I've heard about it, but I've never seen it. And I wanted to 
I, yeah, I wanted to see that. That was a film I told her, hey, it's not the worst movie ever made, but it's it's not great either. It's not, you know, high quality stuff, but she wanted to watch it, so we did. Yes. And would you like to give the overview? I, so, yes. so, by the way, I, I want to say I'd only seen it, like, once before. It's okay. not like I grew up with this movie. Right? This, yeah, th- this this was a fun movie, you know, fun family movie for. Um... Yeah, about a clansman and the son. Okay, stop, stop what? it. Am I lying? No, but I have. I didn't even get there yet. All right, all right, all right go, oh go, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. it. All right, give me a kiss. No. Because you started to tickle me. Okay. Mm. Go ahead. Oh, goodness. Get he all over again. Oh, my goodness. Um, anyway, so um, uh, U.S. Bates, <laughs> what a name. U- U.S. Bates is this... Um, the CEO of a toy store, and I guess he's well known in his um, his city. I forgot what city it was. Do you remember? I don't. It might be New York, but I'm not sure if they ever say it. Mm. I'm so, I'm thinking it's New York though. So um, so U.S. Bates is talking to his son Eric, and we don't know much about him, but that uh, we find out that he is. Um, a little boy who's going to stay with his dad and stepmom for a week. And so he says, okay, we can do whatever you want. And you can, and, and you can have whatever you want in the store, his dad says. Mm-hmm. So he decides to, um, to rent uh, Richard Pryor's character, Jack Brown. Now, Jack Brown has recently gotten... Uh, a job at the toy store, at the toy department as a cleaning woman. Could you explain that for a minute? Jack Brown. Yeah. Basically, Jack has a degree in writing, but it's hard out there. Mm -hmm. Goes to apply for a job and he wants to do anything he can. And the guy interviewing him basically says, the only thing we could have you do is be a cleaning lady here. Listen, this is a setup to get Richard Pryor in a dress. We all right, know that. Yeah, yeah. And they they do it successfully. Jackie Gleason fires him. Just Jackie Gleason plays U.S. Banks. Bates. Bates. Because Richard Pryor just keeps, like, spilling stuff and whatnot and not knowing what he's doing. Plus, he has his mustache, so he loses his job. Mm-hmm. But he sticks around in the toy department and plays around for a little while when... Yeah. The kid comes in. You take it from here, Jayla. So Eric comes in, and um, and they're thinking, oh, oh, so Eric, what kind of toy do you want? And he's like, I want him. And he's like, you want, you want what? And and they're thinking that oh, he wants the black toy because I guess um um, uh, Richard Brown was playing with this thing called the Wonder Wheel, and he's like, oh, you want the black one? And he says, no, 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 I want the black man. And they're like, what? It's like you want why you you can't you can't take him. He's not um he's not any of the toys. He's like, "Yeah, but my daddy is US Bates. I he said I could have whatever I want." <laughs> and then and then um before he knows it, the kid tells um them to wrap him up in a box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's in the box. Mm-hmm. So he goes back to this huge mansion where his dad lives and um we meet some of the people like his um, his stepmother Fancy, who's this really dumb Southern woman, mm-hmm. and is is kind of uh, flirty and yeah, not quite all there. Um, doesn't even know how to pronounce U.S. Bates. 
<laughs> and um, and so he uh, is opening opening some of his presents, and then he hears something coming from a box. And May I interject? What they are actually having dinner. Okay, they're having dinner, sorry. and the butler comes in and says, "One of your presents was delivered." Masturbates. Oh, that's right, right, right. I'm sorry. So are we. That's okay, babe. Keep going. And then he hears something coming from the box. He's like, hello, I need some air. Can somebody please help me? They open the box. Richard Pryor comes out. He doesn't want to stay. Jackie Gleason calls him into the, his office. Yep. Yep. And Jackie Gleason says, look, um, I will pay you. The, he basically is trying to bargain with him to stay. And they end up, um, he ends up uh, giving him like, what is it? Was it well, the price throughout the movie keeps changing, but I believe it's a little unclear because they had settled on a price. Then Richard Pryor knocked over this thing of dominoes, yeah, and he runs out of the room. So I'm guessing at first they agreed to twenty five hundred for the week, but we know that it goes up to at least ten thousand dollars. And he's like, "No, I got to be paid more because uh, I'm I'm basically being paid to babysit." Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, Jack and Eric are kind of, um, you know, he's, he's tolerating this kid. This kid wants him to play his games. And, you know, he, he's been um, doing all these pranks where he um, gets served breakfast and, and, and Eric is under the table and pulls on the tablecloth. Yes. And his food gets all over the place. Mm -hmm. And... He gets stuff all over his clothes, and then and then the uh, and then the maid is um, the maid is trying to um, clean up all the clothes, uh, clean up all his clothes. But he real, but she has like this huge crush on that, him. That happened a little bit earlier. Earlier, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, af he, after he was hired for the week, but before the breakfast thing. Yeah, I understand. That. Yeah, yes, which is kind of funny, actually. Yeah. Um. So the German maid has a crush on him, and I think so does Fancy. Yes. At some point, they go fishing, and they see the guy who ran the department store. He's kind of drunk. He's crying, He's and crying. he said that he had to fire somebody because he wanted to say shake U.S. Banks's hand. Yeah, he he wouldn't he wouldn't he wouldn't shake U.S. Banks's hand, right? By yeah, by this point, it has been put in our mind or 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 the kids' mind that maybe they should try doing a newspaper. Yeah, because um. The kid, um, Eric was noticing that some, some things were going on. And so they decide they're going to do a paper about his dad. They put it together, release it to the public. And let's just say Jackie Gleason isn't very happy about this. He's not very happy. And, and, and they're trying to get ready for this, um, this party. Well, so before the party, mm -hmm. I think that this is my favorite scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. Jackie Gleason gets the son and Richard Pryor to come to his office. Yep. And the son's saying, well, first he, he starts going on and on and he tells Richard Pryor, you know, there are libel laws in this country. I'm sure you're aware of them. The kid is like, everything we said in this paper is true. Mm -hmm. Jackie Gleason explains, oh, there's a difference between reality and the truth. Yep. You may have the truth on your side, but reality is a different thing. And he's like, watch this. Let me prove it to you. Looks to the store manager and says, take, take off your, your pants, pants. Yeah. Or, or you're take fired. Your, take your pants down, yeah. Yeah. 
And he's basically just showing, this is the power I have. And then he's like, hey, and watch this. Um, Jack, how would you like a job at my newspaper? Yeah. Because he's trying to, you know, pacify him. Right. And get him away from the kid's side of things. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That happens. Okay. Then we have a clan party. Well, hold on, hold on. Go You're going on. a little too fast. They have right. a party. And um, Clarence, uh, we found out that this guy Clarence is a clan's member. And uh, and U.S. Bates is supposed to keep him, is trying to keep him quiet and say, well, Clarence, uh, maybe we should keep that under our hat. Yeah. And then, and then his um, wife, uh, Jack's wife, Angela, is really upset because of the, um, because she find out, found out that these, the money was going to KKK stuff. Mm-hmm. For the, from the party. From the party. The U.S. Bates is throwing as a fundraiser for this Democratic candidate. Yeah. So, um, so uh, Jack Brown exposes him and says, Mr. Like U.S. Bates, are you, you are a part of the Ku Klux Klan. Is that correct? They wreck havoc on the party. Yep. Jackie Gleason ends up falling in the pool. <laughs> the, 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 the kid is on a motorcycle. Eric's on a motorcycle. Richard Pryor rescues him. Yep. Party's ruined. Yep. And then it's time for your man, Eric, to go home. And Eric... Uh, you know, Eric was uh, having a conversation with his dad, and and Eric is not having it. He's not happy. Mm-hmm. He goes back to Jack Brown's house, and he says, "I want to stay with you, Jack." He's like, "No, no, no. You, you have to do what's right. Your your dad's trying to reach out to you, and um, and he really is trying to connect with you." And and Eric says, "I love you, Jack." And he's like, "I love you too, but you have to do what you have to do what's right. You have to go back to your your father." Yeah. So, um, so it is resolved when, um, when Jackie Gleason says, okay, the next time he comes by, he spends one week with me and one week with you. And Eric goes, goes home happy. But then. A mom who is, who knows U.H. Bank, U.S. Banks. Bates. Bates comes there with her son who's crazy. Richard Pryor runs away and the movie ends. (laughs) Her son's name was Eugene. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a lot to say about this movie. Yeah. We. Yeah. I know you don't like woke stuff, but we have to talk about race in relation to this movie. Uh-oh. And I think you know some of the obvious reasons why. Right. We're going to get to the clan stuff. Yeah. But before then... This movie has some criticism from it, and I I think there's merit to it. Yeah. In the fact that it's basically a black man being bought by a white kid. Yeah. What do you think of the racial overtones of that? Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, why else would a kid want to rent a guy out um, just to be his friend? Yeah. But I guess they wanted to make it family friendly um, so that the, the kid would want him to be his friend, not his slave. And it becomes even more egregious when you consider the fact that this is a clan family. I don't know that Eric knew that, though. Eric didn't know that, but Jackie yeah. Gleason for sure knew that. Yeah, because he was posing with that um, that Clarence guy. Well, or he was and with that Clarence he's guy. doing a fundraiser for the clan. So it, U.S. Bates Bait is a clan member. Yeah. And I mean, I, I've, I told you this earlier today. But the re- movie reminded me 
of that Ice Cube uh, song at the beginning of um, the Predator album where he's like, the KKK has got three piece, has got three piece suits. And that's what this is. He Jackie Gleason is a clan member who has a three piece suit. And they never really resolve that. To my no, they don't. They I mean, I'm surprised they even put that in a fam it's supposed to be a family movie. This is from the eighties too. It's not even I, from like the nineties. I know, I know. It's not even from the nineteen forties or fifties. It's yeah. from the eighties. So I you know, you I wonder I mean, we'll never know how Richard Pryor thought because he's dead now. But I always, I, I wonder after seeing that movie, what he thought about the making of it, or was it supposed to be funny? Um, because he worked with Jackie Gleason on other movies, right? I don't know about that. Okay. I know. I think he was a Jackie Gleason fan, but I don't know if they worked together after this or before it. I believe Richard Pryor got some pushback from the black community for doing this film. Right. Yeah. And how do we reconcile that? Can we say that this is a good movie? I I mean... I mean, there's some funny things about it. Yeah. But for sure, I don't think it would hold up today. No. Um, It was fun. There were some fun things about it. It wasn't completely bad, but I don't... Um, There are other movies that are worse than this, like like Southern Belle was. Okay, yeah, Jezebel. I mean, Jezebel, I'm sorry. Like, Jezebel was... was was worse. Well, let's ask a different question. Okay. Rather than would it be socially acceptable today? Let's say for some odd reason a Disney movie got approved and made and nobody made reference or or made a big deal out of the fact that like the second lead of the movie the character was a Klansman. And we sat down to watch that movie. And Mm -hmm. it's from, like, this year, but maybe it's just on Disney Plus for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah. And we see, oh, that's weird. This One of the main characters part of the clan. Would you have a problem with that? uh, I would, but I also think it's a teachable moment, too. Mm. I mean, um, you know, it's a a teachable moment. But it's also weird because... He's not the villain of this movie, Jackie Gleason. No, no, he's not. No. He does bad things. He does bad things. He's drunk with power for sure, but he definitely is not the villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's 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 such an interesting thing. Um I am so uh perplexed by the whole clan thing. I I am too. Because there's no follow-up. Like if they had no. followed it up with him saying you know, uh, you made me think about my ways, and I don't think I can support the clan anymore. Yeah, or or I wasn't really a part of the clan. Yeah. I was just, I mean, I just thought he was a candidate, and I just found out that he was a part of the clan, and I didn't know it. But it's established early on, that, he, or not early on, but early on in the party scene, that he knows what's up with us. I, I understand that, yeah. but I'm saying that if he didn't know about it, it would have been easier to understand. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't know why they had to put it in this movie. Because he's a likable Klansman. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I have major issues getting past that, to be honest. Yeah. And maybe you could say this is a way to show that, um, well, even somebody in the clan loves their sons uh, a lot. But I don't know if you could even go that far because they only talk about it in one scene. Can you? I was thinking about this, Bubs. Can you just imagine... If um, the Ku Klux Klan wanted to rattle, radicalize people, mm-hmm. 
um, they could play like um, a part of the uh, a movie. The they they could play like a clip from the movie, the toy. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine? Well, if you wanted to have like a, I don't want to do work for the KKK, but if you wanted to do like a KKK film festival. <laughs> This could go in there. Jezebel could be part of it, and you know some other movies. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or um. Or uh. Or parts of um. What was that one with Elizabeth Taylor and um. Oh, what was that guy's name? The one with Elizabeth Taylor, and uh, the guy who played her husband. It was in that movie. Um. It was a it was a long one that we watched. Was it Butterfield Eight? Oh no, I know what you're thinking of Giant. Giant, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you, Giant. Yes. Yeah, can you imagine like parts of Giant were in there? I don't know. Yeah, uh, usually with film festivals, you play the entire. Movie. The, uh, no, no, like like if it was a promotional thing. Oh, for the clan. Right. Yeah. Not the film festival. I was thinking of like if there were like a promo thing. Oh. Not that I would be, um, for it, but I don't know. I've got a weird question for you. Uh-oh. I don't know necessarily if this goes on today. Okay. But I, it did make me wonder, and I don't think it necessarily happened on this film either, but has the Klan ever helped to fund a major Hollywood movie? I like would may- hope not. Maybe they don't do it as the Klan, but maybe they sh- uh, uh, create like some dummy corporation. I would hope not. I would hope not either. I would hope not. I mean, I would hope that they were not allowed in uh, to promote any or to help promote anything. But even D.W. Griffith, Birth of a Nation is a very pro KKK movie from what I've heard. Okay. I've never, I've, I've heard of that title, but I've never seen it. Or, or and I don't, D.W. Griffith is, is an actor? He was a director. Okay. And he made Birth of a Nation in, I believe, 1915. Wow. I want to say it was the highest grossing movie ever made up until Gone with the Wind. And it was a, a silent movie. Silent film about the KKK. Wow. But it was a pro-Klan movie. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little crazy. Yes. Did I tell you? I don't think I told you this, Bubs, now that, that we're talking about the KKK and, and racism and everything. Mm-hmm. I saw a, a show... That was, um, I found it on YouTube on the Sally Jesse Raphael show. And she actually had um, young skinheads on her show. Mm. And I'm thinking, oh, I don't remember this one. And I watched um, I watched it once before on YouTube. And I found a, the, the same clip of that show again. Um, and I'm like, how was she able to get these people to get on her show? And, and are they really skinheads? They sound like skinheads to me. Um, and this girl was dating a skinhead boy, even though she's not, um, she has clear, she, she has, um, uh, said that she didn't, uh, she didn't like what he was doing, even though she was dating this kid. So I don't know. Um, that's crazy to me. Yeah. That's crazy to me. That was a, that was a pretty gutsy move on her part. Well, she, she also did it for the ratings too. I don't know. I did. Maybe part of it was, but she was able to get these people on. Yeah, but she's not doing it out of the goodness of her heart to show America, be wary of. How, these. how do you, how do you know that, Bubs? 
I mean, I would imagine that it was probably uncomfortable for her to have these people on because she didn't know. I think a fight almost um, ensued in the studio. So I they had to control that. I hear you, but most of 90s daytime television thrived off of controversy. I understand, but do you really know that she was doing it just for the ratings? I would assume so, but do I know for a fact? No. Uh-huh. But that would be my assumption, and I think it's a good one based on what I know about that type of TV in that decade. Oh. Yes. Yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was very surprised that she was able to um, to get these people on, and and um, how crazy it got. Mm. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say about the toy? Um, I give it at least a week seven. I mean, it it was. There were some funny parts. I don't know if I'd want to see it again, though. No. Yeah. Yeah, we go with the AJ. Well, now, both Jackie Gleason and Richard Pryor are really good in the movie. Yes, they are. Yeah. And you can see why Jackie Gleason was a star. Yes. Because he owns the th- scenes that he's in. He he does. He was very good. Yeah. You know, you better be good. Yes, yes, yes. J-Lo. Yep. I wanted to watch a movie... Directed by Christopher Nolan that mm-hmm. I had not seen before. Mm-hmm. Called Insomnia. Actually, I was the one who suggested it. You suggested it after I read it off to you. Okay. And I said, hey, do you want to watch Insomnia? Okay. It's 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 easy to make a suggestion after your Okay, 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 okay. I'm sorry. Because I was a little bit trepidatious about watching the toy. And he said, well, what if we watch your toy? And the world according to Garp there, blah, blah. And I said, yeah, but I don't really want to see the world according to Garp. And he said, all right, how about the toy and the Insomnia there, blah, blah. And I said, okay. All right, now give me a kiss. Well, you at least give me credit for suggesting it, yes. even though you read it to me. Yes, yes, yes. And I, Bub. And I said, hey, we should watch this. Mm. I said that earlier, though, but give me a kiss. All right, give me a kiss. <sighs> mm. Okay. Okay, stop it. Stop it. All right. Do you want me to give the brief overview of this movie? Yeah, because it's uh, it's it's very interesting. Yes. I'm and I'm going to give you the abridged version. Okay. Al Pacino is this well-respected police officer, I guess detective. He's he's a homicide um, detective. detective. Yeah. In L.A. Yeah. He goes there with one of his, I guess, coworkers. To investigate, goes to Alaska yep. to investigate this murder. Now, this is the time of year to where it's pretty much sunlight from, you Morning know. Morning till night. Yeah, exactly. All the time. All the time, yeah. And they're leaving L.A. in the middle of a police investigation that Al Pacino thinks is designed to discredit him. One night... Him and his partner are drinking at a bar, and the partner says, you know, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about cooperating with the investigation. Al Pacino mm-hmm. knows that that's going to come back to him. And he, they have a little bit of an exchange, and that's the setup for part of this. Mm-hmm. They're still trying to catch the killer of, of this teenage girl. Find a cabin. Well, what they do is they find this evidence, and Al Pacino says, release it to the press that we, uh, you know, haven't found this evidence, and then we're going to drop it back off because killers will oftentimes go back to their mementos and get them. 
mm-hmm. they drop it off at this cabin. Killer comes back. They chase him. There's fog. Al Pacino shoots and kills his partner. Mm-hmm. And now he is a little bit confused because it's been a couple of days without sleep. Mm-hmm. Because the sun's always up. Yep. He was already stressed out because of this investigation before they left L.A. So mm-hmm. he knows how that's going to uh, look. Yep. And he still has to catch the killer. Yep. Starts putting the pieces together of the murder. Realizes that after looking at the evidence, this girl had a book signed by a local author. Goes over to the guy's place. Guy, you know, gets out. He chases him. It's Robin Williams. Goes back to Robin Williams' place. And when he was in the hotel, Robin Williams had already called him, basically mm-hmm. harassing him, and, and starts to harass him over the phone more and more. Yeah. Eventually, they meet in public. They talk. Mm-hmm. Robin Williams records the conversation where Al Pacino basically says, this is what they know about you. And Al Pacino only t- tells him that because Robin Williams knows about the investigation in L.A., Mm-hmm. And obviously knows that Al Pacino shot his partner. Mm-hmm. So now he thinks, oh, I'm screwed. Mm-hmm. They get Robin Williams in for questioning. He tries to pen this on the girl's boyfriend. Uh, yeah. The murder. Because yeah. Robin Williams had, had had sex with the girl many times. But it was more like um, yeah, even, booty call type Even situation. though he said... Oh, wait, but the, the, the girl's boyfriend had sex with her? Well, th- no, he was trying to pin the murder on the boyfriend. And yeah. Robin Williams was with her, but it was a booty call situation. They and, weren't seeing each other and, and in front Robin, of everybody else. And Robin Williams was saying that they ne- that he never touched her, even though he said he never touched her. That's what he said to the police when they were right. in, in the investigation. So that so that he could get he could get off. Al Pacino goes off on the guy. Yep. Goes to the boyfriend's house because he thinks a gun was planted there. Yep. And it was, but Robin Williams gave them the wrong information of where he put it. Yeah. Okay. Remember, though, you for, did, you, did you mention the part about the other girl? I didn't think that that was very relevant to the movie. Okay. Unless you think it is. Um. Well, it kind of, it, well, okay, maybe it isn't that relevant, but I think it needs to be mentioned just, be, just to get, give it a little bit more context. Tell me. Her friend Tanya, who was supposed to be like a sister to her, was seeing uh, Randy on the side. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Tanya was um, telling uh, Detective Dormer because um, he was trying to get her to admit what was really going on and uh, took her to the spot where she was found. Um, I'm not sure if he should have done that, but um, she said that that um Kay, her friend that died, uh wouldn't tell her who it was. And then it turned out to be um uh Robin Williams character. Yeah. There was a female detective on this case who really looks up to Al Pacino. Yep. And she's in charge of the investigation of what happened to the partner. And she's kind of just like trying to like streamline the case, you know, through because they're working on so many things. Mm -hmm. And Al Pacino kind of tells her, hey, listen, don't just cross your T's and dot your I's. A man died really looking into this, even though he knows that that might come to bite him. But partially Al Pacino's not doesn't really know what happened because of the lack of sleep. Uh His mind isn't working right. Yeah. So. 
there's a scene where Robin Williams meets Al Pacino and he gives over the tape and says, it's up to you now. You, you do what you want. Mm-hmm. Pacino is about to leave the city, but he goes back to the hotel room, mm-hmm. confesses to the lady running the hotel mm-hmm. about planting evidence on some guy, mm-hmm. which started the investigation out in L.A. Mm-hmm. It's implied they had sex. He leaves, tries to track down the female cop, realizes that she's at Robin Williams' place, goes there. There's a scuffle. Robin Williams gets shot. So does Al Pacino. He's about to die. Mm-hmm. The female cop says, I can bury the information uh, about you killing your partner. And Pacino basically says, don't become corrupted like I did. And then he passes away. Yeah. I thought this was a really good movie. Did he did he pass away close to the water or in in the water? That's what what happened to Robin Williams, but Al Pacino uh, passes away outside of the cabin. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, I really enjoyed this film. Yeah, it really makes you think, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Because, um, and I think it is a testament to how sleep is very very important. Yes. And if you don't get enough sleep, and uh, if you don't get enough sleep, your mind is going to think things that, you know, you didn't do. Possibly. Well, your mind's not going to be and working It isn't right. going to work right because of uh, sleep deprivation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So don't deprive your don't deprive yourself of sleep. That's what J-Wo says. J-Wo. Don't deprive yourself of sleep. It's not good. Thank you. That is one thing that the doctor was got white, bub. Oh. Sleep is good. Well, good. No sleep, bad. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Well, there's more to this movie than just sleep. Yeah, there's more to that than just sleep. But I hear what you're saying. Yeah. What does this film teach us about obsession? It can consume you if you let it. Mm. Yeah. It could consume you if you let it. And, um, Yeah. I don't know what else to say about that. Okay. That's fair. Okay. Here's a question I have for you. Uh Uh-oh. Another one? Well, this is a little bit of a weird one. Okay. Because when I first saw that he's confessing to the stuff to the lady who runs the hotel, I'm thinking that's kind of weird. But here's the thought I had. Mm -hmm. Did Al Pacino really confess all this stuff to her? Or... Is his mind gone so far because of all the lack of sleep and all the drama that he just thinks he does? He thinks and he does what? He thinks he's confessing to her, but she's really a figment of his imagination. But we see it as real because we're seeing this play out from his perspective. Um, I, I think she is real. No, We know she's real in the I beginning. I know. But I don't think that, he, that she's a figment of his imagination. You think the, the confession actually happened? And that they yeah. actually had sex. Not that it matters that they had sex, but um, I think it did happen. Oh. But that's just me. I'm not convinced that it is. Really? I think that that all took place in his head because of everything that went on. And that we're just seeing what he's going through. But that doesn't mean that what he's going through is real in this movie. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I would love to read a book version of this film.
Do you know there's a book version? I don't know. Hmm. But I would love to read one if there is. Okay. Okay, you sound kind of tired too, babes. A little bit. What? Yeah. Mm. Um, we'll make this quick then. Okay. What would you give this film on a scale from 1 to 10? I definitely give it an 8. Um, definitely better than the toy. Uh, I don't care to watch the toy again. Uh, but but this one is a this one really makes you think. Would you recommend this film to your family? If so, what's your elevator pitch? I might have to have an elevator pitch. You don't have to, but it does help. I don't have it. Uh, this is what could happen to you if you don't have enough sleep. Oh my goodness! But it is a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this movie? I'm tired. <laughs> What? Watch this movie. I'm tired. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Okay, good. <laughs> really? Yes. Okay. Very good, babes. Very good. Well, J-Lo, uh, I had a dream last night, but I don't remember it. You don't? No. Well, I didn't have one last oh, night. Good. Maybe we should wrap it up. What do you think? Why are we talking like that? I don't know, babes. To impress you. Oh, my goodness. What are you thinking, babes? Uh, yes, we wrap it up and think about what to do after. Oh, hi, you want to give me a kiss? No. Well, give me no, a kiss. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, kiss is a good boy. Bob! What? Would you quit making noises? I'm not you It's all. distracting. I'm not you mm. all. Give me a kiss. If you don't, I'll tickle you. Give me a kiss, babes. If you tickle me, we start a tickle war. The tickle war starts. Mm. Pubs. All right, all right, all right. Kiss me normally. All right, babes, anything else you want to say? Um, oh, I think we should say that tomorrow is a special day. That's right. It's our anniversary. Four years. That's right. It's going to be a little different because of um, of uh, what you've got going on. but We're going to make it work. We're going to make it work. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. All right, then. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.